With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Radio City Talk, Neil Atkinson, Andy Heaton, Craig Hannon and John Gibbons with you on this Good Friday evening as you're motoring or not motoring through Liverpool. If you're taking it easy, do continue to do so and do so with us. And we're going to be talking about the fact that the Mighty Reds running has started. We're also going to be talking about Jay McKenna and other humans getting on a coach and going to Glasgow to look at some safe standing or rail seating more accurately. They prefer that sort of terminology. We all know where we are. And we're going to be talking to Jay as well about Manchester City not selling out and what that actually tells us about modern football. Although they may well have sold out by the time this show goes out I'll be honest with you Liverpool we're not giving up Good Friday evening live for you this is a pre-record we don't know how good this Friday's been no we don't at this stage uh, we, don't know how, we don't know how we've rated on the Good Friday front I reckon we've been solid it's been um, a solid Thursday it's been a great Thursday uh, but, but we're looking ahead as well to Crystal Palace uh, that is also to come and Crystal Palace is part of the running Andy Liverpool this is it now that that international break it felt slightly out of place it was a little bit weird they all always all feel a little bit like that but that more than normal I thought in that it, it broke up the momentum of the season and now there's there's no hiding places for anyone it, we, Liverpool are back the lads are all back in training everyone's got to move forward and this is it and it's it's defined first and foremost by five games in 14 days yeah it's mad it feels like there's been, it's been like three months without any matches they're just like they're dominated by this international break at the weirdest time and to be honest, I didn't particularly enjoy this international break as opposed to the one last year because obviously the one last year, me and John were in Germany interviewing Javi Alonso and how lovely that was too. Five pounds a month for those who want to subscribe. Anyway, um, no, I think we got away. Gomez is unfortunate, but I was dreading more, to be quite honest. Um, they don't tend to lend themselves quite favourably to Liverpool. We've had some really bad injuries over the past that have ended up lingering. So you take that. It doesn't seem to be too bad. Uh, Henderson's back at it. Henderson had a good break, I think. Um, I think he had a couple of good games there, especially the first one. Um, Salah not getting minutes in the second game was good. Same goes for Firmino. I didn't think Firmino started either of the games, did he, for Brazil? No. No. So, um, yeah, could have been uh, could have been far, far worse. Yeah, I'll take it. Could have been far, far worse. But there's something else. For once, there was... The- it did feel long. It was incongruous, John, but there was another potential positive in there. Lallana got some time on the pitch for England as well. That's significant, I think. I think we want to see that footballer be able to give this running a, a fair bit of a go. I think it can only help Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. Look, he's he's, he's been a really good player on the on the end club uh, until this season. This season's not really happened for him and you can forget about players quite quickly, can't you? And you can forget about people, but he's he's someone who can have a real impact for us between now and the end of the season. You know, we're hoping to go well, any deep into the Champions League, we're hoping to go even deeper. There's big league games, and so we're going to need more than 11 lads, and he's someone who can come in and make a real impact, either, either off the bench or starting to kind of give people a rest because, as I say, he's been a really... Jurgen Klopp footballer and he's, he's just struggled to get his, his, his rhythm back even even when he's when he's been fit but he, he did look okay for England as did Henderson and, and Oxley Chamberlain it's got to be said I think I think they you know they 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 look pretty good in terms of the, when, when they were on the pitch so I think it's been an almost kind of ideal break and, and Jürgen's had the break as well and something we talked about on, on our Monday show on the Anfield that, that I think a few days away would have 
would have done him some good. And we saw him on Monday night, didn't he? And he seemed well. He did seem well. He seemed he was very, very tanned. Looked fantastic, to be honest <laughs> with you. Walk around him, Andy. Yeah, no, but John, I've, I've almost forgot about Lallana, which is kind of the case of the season. Yeah. You know, you do feel a little bit sorry for him. He's only started one league game all season, which kind of puts it into picture. And I feel a little bit sorry for him because people have kind of forgot how good he has been. You know, there's been comments around, oh, Lallana, blah, blah, blah. He's not even been in conversations about where we are next season. But it could be, you know, it's easily forgotten up until, you know, for a large part of the last season, he was up in the, amongst our two best two or three players consistently as well. It's Joe Gomez missing the first, the next five, Craig. Uh, that is just 14 days of football. It's worth putting that in. You know, he's got the injury, but he misses effectively three weeks. But three weeks at this stage of the season can suddenly feel like a lot of games. This is where the Lallana thing, I think, is interesting because you, we'll need someone to play in some of those games. We can't be having the same lads on the pitch all the way through. So the idea of being able to, to get him ready, to give him some time, to go from there with him, I think is important. Yeah, I think I think this international break comes at the right time for Adam Lallana. Um, he got 30 minutes the other night and that's, that's brilliant for him. It's like Andy says, everyone kind of forgets that um, he was a key component of the of the team last year and, and even throughout the Europa League run in, in Klopp's first season, like he scores in the semi-final against Villarreal um, and, and he's really, really important in that run. So um, it'll be great to have him fit and fire and I think he said in one of the interviews that he's he's 100% fit. Now, I'm, not really, I'm not sure if that's, uh, that's completely true but um, the, the minutes will only help him and, you know, the... the our next few fixtures are uh, interesting in that obviously we've got the two city but then there's the Palace one this weekend and the Everton one next weekend and it'll be interesting to see whether he who he um, decides not to play against Palace so that he can play maybe in two or three two or three of the next um, games or um, if who he rests in the Merseyside Derby I think that's the one everyone's talking about um, just before Christmas we were, we were all fuming when uh, when Klopp was rotating uh, and he rotated for the Merseyside Derby but I think for this one we're going to just have to we're going to have to take it in the chin and, and and I'm sure we'll all be understanding but that's the kind of game where you maybe look to see Adam Lallana get in a game um, and yeah, yeah that would be the perfect opportunity What strikes me as interesting John with the way in which the manager manages and the way in which he's got to manage this group of players is this split between you can go away, you can go to Tenerife, you can make your plans, and then you've got to come back and then it goes back to one one game at a time. So you get the impression that when they've gone away, he's gone away with his staff. He'll have, they'll have worked out for these five games, at least for this first five games, because, for instance, if we do go through against City, we don't know who we get in the next round yet, obviously, so that's difficult to make a tactical decision around. And there is that break, isn't there, between the Bournemouth game and the West Brom game. So you do sort of think there's, there's something in this that, the manager will have his plans, he'll have his ideas, and then as soon as they all come back from training, he's almost got to flick a switch and go, it's one game at a time, boys. Yeah, and he's he's an emotional manager and it's an emotional football club, and I think he'll be looking at it in terms of well, how the players feel and how they look, and he's not rigid. He's He'll have an idea of what team he wants to pick in the next four games, I would imagine he'll have that, but... Look, if if he if Lallana starts at the weekend and he's and he's brilliant, then suddenly he's not going well. well yes, but I picked my team against Manchester City and I'm going to stick with it. You might be thinking, well, well, you know, this this lad's feeling really good. He's he's in a good moment. He's 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 played well. He's scored or, or whatever he's done. I'm tempted now to throw him in there. Similar right back, you know. I mean, Trent. 
I would be surprised if he starts all five of those games. So we're going to have to find another right back from somewhere. With it. So if it's Klein comes in and looks like he's kind of never been away, then, then suddenly, you know, he's he's in your mindset a little bit more. Danny Ings bags a hatchet against Everton, then you're thinking about him at the ATF. <laughs> it's, 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 all, all that comes into play and, and, and for, for any manager, really. But I think especially Klopp. I think Klopp understands... Morale and understands kind of emotions and understands rhythm. rhythm. Yeah, rhythm. He talks a lot about rhythm and and when a player's feeling good, you just kind of you know they don't get tired, do they? That's what all the footballers you've ever spoke to will say. In this period when things are going well and you're winning, you just want to keep going out again. You know, Gary McAllister was saying that to us last week. He's, he was thirty seven or something, but he was like, "Yeah, I just want to play again. Get me out there. Get me out. Dust me off almost. Is it a quick quick shower and, and put me out on the pitch again? I want to play." It's Andy, one which we think we've got a. We are when we're talking about the running. We're talking about the 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 other the other variable in this is what our rivals do. So United have got a straightforward game this weekend against Swansea. But on the other hand, Tottenham and Chelsea are playing each other. And one of the things that you know we know we're not going for top spots. We know the top spots not 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 there for us anymore. It is about this sort of top four qualification. So it can be impacted upon what happens elsewhere. Yeah, um, and I think you've got to put it. Got to put that into context to the players and the fans. Just how big this game on Sunday is. Um, I think it's kind of no one's really talking about it, and we all we all know why. And it's human nature. We're not blaming anyone, but we need. We haven't knocked off. We've got good at not knocking off. Whereas in previous seasons, you know, you, you can't kind of take for granted. Oh, we'll go there. It'll be a win. Blah blah blah, and we become unstuck. And then suddenly you go into into the games next week off the back of a defeat to Palace and to Roy Hodgson. You know, of all the people that you want to lose to, if anyone could, could, could kill your mojo, it, it's that fella. So they, they need to be on it. And I think you're right. I think I agree massively with what John's saying as well. I think there's an opportunity possibly to try and give these fringe players a, a, a bit of game time and a bit of an opportunity, if only to keep the players who've got that position on their toes as much as anything. It's also an opportunity, I think, to to put the hammer down. I mean, there's almost a perfect weekend here for Liverpool in terms of top four ambition, Craig, which... You know, it may not be quite competitive ambition in terms of wanting to make sure we finish ahead of Tottenham, but there's probably a, a, a lovely, a lovely series of events in Jurgen Klopp's mind that sees Liverpool win and Tottenham win, and therefore that gap to Chelsea really does open up, and it it will free him up if he does feel like he needs to make changes in the Merseyside derby, or if we get through against City at later on in the competition, that he's just got that additional buffer, that additional wiggle room. Definitely, I'm I'm sure he would love that cushion. We'd all love that little cushion if, um, if we did get through that. It's something that um, when we look back at um, pastimes under Benitez, when we were in these uh, Champions League latter, latter stages um, more often, that usually, you know, top four was a given and, and coming into the, the, the later stages of the league, we were able to rest players and that'd be brilliant for this side to be able to do. But then again, I think like with the likes of Lalana and even Klein coming back, like these are two players who have who've not played and so will be fresh once they get a couple of games under the belt they'll be fresh and they'll be able to play as many games as needed and if and if they look as if they can um you know they they look as if they forced their way into the first team then you know they sh- they, sh- they shouldn't really need that much rest coming into the the, the end of the season running you talk about the spurs winning do you not think so you, you look at the, the potential points on available do you not think a draw is potentially better because it kind of kills chelsea anyway and then just gives us that little bit of a 
cushion over 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 Spurs, and there's four points dropped as opposed to to three. No, you could be you could be right about that, Andy, but I just I. I I, th- I think if you're the manager, you, you obviously want to come as high up the table as possible. But there is a thing here, which is, listen, our minimum requirement is, yeah. let's just get that job done. And then almost worry, like if we could get Chelsea out the way and then we'll worry about Spurs in three weeks. Spurs are fourth anyway. Yeah. So you're, in, you, you're increasing the gap between them and you, you're effectively killing Chelsea because the, the, the fourth automatically goes in now anyway. Yeah. So there's no, the, the risk of dropping out and losing out of those top four places is massively decreased anyway. It is indeed, and that's how this works, John. It becomes it becomes now just a series of mathematical moments for Liverpool to get through. It's as horrible as that might sound to, to, to listeners, and we very much do want to beat Roy Hodgson's uh, Crystal Palace. We'll talk about that in a bit. That's what it now is. It's now just just lads, just points on the board, please. Yeah, and that's how the, how the players will be looking at it, and they, they would be anyway. You know what I mean? We 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 look into all these things, don't we? And we 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 you know Roy Hodgson, I was going up against him and stuff like that. Roberto Firmino doesn't give a hell about Roy Hodgson. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, he's look, you know, it's just, just, he's just some fellow who looks a bit weird. He rubs his face a lot, and you know, he's trying, to, he's trying to figure it out. But you Come know, on, he's, <laughs> but he's not going there and thinking, you know. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure the free free will come up in the build up. But how many of the players actually played in that? You know, it's it's free. Well, not even Henderson did exactly. Well, yeah, he was suspended, and so and so, you know the. They'll be going there. They'll be they'll be aware that it's 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 not always the easiest place to go. They'll be aware that the home fans, may, you know, it's one of the better grounds for kind of home atmosphere. But they'll also be aware that they're struggling in the table and that they've they've struggled this season, especially for goals. And so, you know, we're favourites to win, and, and they'll be confident going there, and they'll be they'll be primed to do the business. Uh, all right, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. We're going to have a little break uh, in a minute or two and go over to see, speak to Jay McKenna about uh, the Spurs Shankly trip up to look at the Real season in Celtic. Uh, but before then we just want to mention all the stuff we've got coming up as well uh, through the Anfield Wrap we're going to be doing our post-match show for free so if you go to theanfieldwrap.com forwards uh, well just theanfieldwrap.com you'll be able to listen to that uh, after Crystal Palace we need to give that a listen as to what we do after every single match uh, got some other pretty exciting stuff on the horizon as well on Monday keep your eyes on all of our platforms for what we've got there and then obviously we've got all the build up that you need both on theanfieldwrap.com and also through our tour player service theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe for our big look ahead to Manchester City it is the defining game of this season probably the biggest cup tie at Anfield I'd say uh, this decade uh, you can make that argument uh, that is coming up on Wednesday we're ridiculously excited about it but we're going to focus in the meantime on Crystal Palace and then we're going to go we're going to go over to Jay first don't go anywhere welcome back to the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk uh, in a minute or two we're going to be talking to Jay McKenna about uh, Rail Seaton and then talking to him about Manchester City's issues around selling their allocation uh, well their ground out for, for the, the away leg of Manchester City versus Liverpool but before then this is Cheryl Crow with All I Want to Do joined by Jay McKenna Neil Atkinson Jay McKenna having a chat about well you're going away Jay it's not a, it's not, not a holiday though is it no it's not it's an Easter trip um, going to Celtic on Saturday um, we, we put this out some people have probably seen it uh, in your spirit of Shankly capacity yeah, you're, you're a man with Shankly. many capacities this one's uh, yeah, of Shankly uh, Jay McKenna many hats um, yeah I'm going to we're going to Celtic and not just me there's about 30 odd of us going up to Celtic uh, for their Ross County game uh, many many uh, people listen to this will recall we had a vote and a discussion last year around the introduction of rail seating which was overwhelmingly in favour 9 out of you know I think just 9 out of 10, 9 out of 10 voters um, in favour just under 18,000 people took part so you know, clearly, you know, decisive view that you know we're in favour of of rail seating per se. So, Celtic, who took part in that debate, has extended an open invitation for us to go up there and see that. And we're going up um, on Saturday in Ross County to sort of see it in action and see it firsthand. The people who are going, 
are some of them not in favour? Are some of them going as a, we want to, I want to learn more about this? Is this part of the attitude of the process? Um, I, I don't know everyone's own individual views. Um, you know, I'll say from the outset, because, you know, we've we sort of been asked bits on this and sort of people questioning and wondering. We we've, we extended invitations to both of the Hillsborough groups, the HJC and the Hillsborough Family Support Group. The Hillsborough Family Support Group aren't coming up. It formally, should I say, you know, the, the, the committee, Margaret Aspen or Trevor Hicks or anything like that, isn't coming up, aren't, aren't wanting to take part. You know, they've said to us, they've, they've seen this previously and, and made their views known. Uh, and, you know, we've got to respect that, you know, it, it's a difficult Pretty time so. for them to, to, to think. But there are individual members of the Hillsborough Family Support Group who are coming up. I think some who are undecided, who just want to know a bit more. Um, one of the things, as you know, I know you have experienced this in the discussions you've had, it is, it is very hard to get too many people who are actually overwhelmingly opposed. There aren't there aren't many who are like very outright so, opposition yeah. to this. So um, I think you know there's there's a there's a there is a spread of people coming up. You know, people who weren't at Hillsborough but were old enough. People who weren't at Hillsborough and I'm too young. You know, me and and, and a couple of others. Um, and in that camp, some of us who, you know, I, I sort of have my own view now, but, um, you know, people who are sort of generally trying to be open-minded and undecided to, to, to listen to all sides of the debate, uh, survivors, people who lost loved ones, as I say, um, people who've been in and around the campaigns. And some of those are bringing the kids as well, which I think is an interesting thing because, you know, I said this to Mick Coyle, I was, I was talking to him on Radio City to talk about this, and me or you, Neil, would go to the match and think, you know, this is safe for me, this is fine, I can think of this with your child or with a little one next to you, you might, yeah. you know, it sort of makes you think broader to, to what their experience might be. So I think that's a thing. And, and I think, you know, if they come out one way or another, you know, in favour or opposed, you know, it's it's a, it's a dynamic we've got to listen to. Um, but I think, you know, gen, within our sense of what we're trying to get from this trip is to say to people, you know, if you're in favour or if you're against, this is an opportunity to either hear your questions or comments, but maybe even challenge your own views. So there will be some people, you know, who I know are overwhelmingly in favour where I expect some things might come up where they're thinking, well, oh, that's something I hadn't thought of, or this is something, you know, uh, important for us to, you know, what, what do you do if more people want into this section than is available? So does that mean people in seated areas can't stand? You know, do, does everyone stay in their space? You know, we, we've had contract, you know, conflicting reports. And that's all, you know, it, it's an opportunity for us to see and actually you know, witness it firsthand. Societally, I think at the minute we, we're, we're living in an age where a lot of people have got a lot of, a lot of hard opinions, yeah. but they've decided on already, and, and there's not much shift. And what strikes me about how you're through SOS, how SOS uh, led by you, you're trying to go about this discussion, is very much about gathering as much as much information and being as allowing allowing so much wiggle room for everyone as possible. That's the main thing. You know, you 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 want to get a you want to get allow views to be challenged, allow views to be open, allow views to be expressed, allow you you're very determined to ensure that all sides of this are constantly brought into into the into the melting pot. Yeah, and there's and there's two reasons for that. One sort of positive and one sort of like, you know, as a defensive point of view, I suppose. I want this to be the most informed decision it can be. I want no one to sit there and say, oh, I'm not sure about this or I'm not sure about that. Or feeling like oh, that was railroaded or yeah. anything like that. And that's the defensive bit of it. I don't want no one to come to me at the end of this, the end of this and say, oh, I didn't have an opportunity. A couple of people have piped up on, on, on Twitter saying, oh, well, you know, this vote, who voted? I, I haven't had a chance to vote. And it's like, well, mate, it was all over the Echo. It was all over Sky. It was all over national papers and local papers. 
we've been on here, we've had public meetings, we've put it as far and wide as we could. You know, it was when we had this vote and we were having this vote, it was a big story. You know, this is becoming a bit of a big story already. You know, people being in such, you know, Celtic put it on their website yesterday for heaven's yeah. sake, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to them. People are aware of, you know, how momentous this can be. You know, I don't want no one to come to me and, and say, they didn't have the chance. And we have to look at ourselves and say, oh, maybe we didn't give them a chance. You know, we've behind closed doors, had meetings with people, you know, we've contacted groups and said, so if there's any questions you've got, and I want at the end of this, almost like, you know, we can look through a list of questions or issues and say, people might not agree with the answer. They might say, well, yeah, they've said that, but I'm still not sure it's, you know, I'm not sure I agree or like it, but they will have an answer. You know, we will have been and seen, you know, on, you know, on Saturday, as an example, for this, we're going up early. We're going to the match day briefing with the police and the stewards yep. to hear what they get told about policing this game and stewarding this game. We're having a chat with the match commander afterwards. We're chatting to their stewards. We're going on a tour of the section and then we're going to have, we've got 35 tickets. We're going to have about half a dozen people in the standing section itself, experiencing that. We're going to have people in the seating section, so watching it fill up, you know, experiencing the game. And I think that might be an interesting dynamic. We're trying to see if we can swap some people at half time because I think that experience of, you know, being in there and what it might feel and look like to you in there is somewhat different than if you're sitting somewhere else. You know, it's a bit like the cop singing. You know, you're in the cop and it's singing and you think, this is great, this is loud, this is fantastic. And there's a fella in the main stand who goes, I never ages, you know, lads. And you're thinking, really? Because <laughs> it was dead loud to me. So there's that. You know, seeing those things and catch up with Celtic at the end of it. And I think, you know, I don't think that'll be the end of it. I think, you know, some people will make their mind up. May well be that we want to go and see what it's like in Germany. Um, you know, I'm not talking for a, 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 an holiday <laughs> to Germany, I promise. But, you know, let's go and see it. Might be we go back to Celtic and see it at a, at a much bigger game than Ross County. Again, I'm not talking for the old firm, but if Celtic are listening, you know, I'll happily come up. Um, you know, to see what it's like in all the things and be sure that when we go back to people and say, right, you know, We've got as much information as we can possibly get here. You know, you won't, you can't know everything. Yeah. But we more than everyone must try and know more than enough um, and test all of it. So, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it to, to to sort of you know it rounds off a lot of work we've been doing. But also, you know, I'm genuinely interested to see what we find. But also, you know, you know, gauge people's reactions whilst we're there. Okay, it is Radio City Talk, Jamie McKenna. I'm going to get Jay to stay with me after 7 o'clock. Going to have a little bit of chat about, about the, the vibe around Manchester City not selling out their allocation so far for the Champions League quarterfinal second leg. Uh, don't go anywhere. Reds bet insert, Neil Atkinson and John Gibbons. We're talking about our fantasy teams, John, for this competition. You can win a share of £25,000. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, they've had just over a thousand entries so far, time of recording. So there's still some left. So I think there's... 3,000 free entries you can get, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, even by the time this comes out, which will be later this evening, uh, there'll still be some left. So yeah, play right up till kickoff. And you get a fair bit of dough. I felt like a, uh, I don't know, like a chic with all my cash. Do you know what I mean? I was like, because I, I played it quite safe with this. Then I've basically done some upgrades. I've ended up with Kev De Bruyne, even though I wasn't that bothered. You've, you've got you've got De Bruyne? Yeah. I've got De Bruyne. Yeah. Have, so, have you gone for in goal? De Gea. Because just, I just thought he's got more clean sheets than anyone else in the league. And they're playing Swansea at home. And I just thought... Well, I know Swansea are doing okay at the moment, but I think they've got a, a few injuries left on. So I thought I'll, uh, I'll go for De Gea and, and assume that Swansea won't do anything. All right, then. Who have you gone for? Pesacek. Stoke at home. Yeah, well, similar, 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 yeah. Similar thought process. I'm not expecting I'm not expecting Big Petter to be busy. That's part of the point. Uh, I've gone for him. Uh, and also because I've gone for United defender, I've gone for Bailly. 
Uh, so that so I thought well I, I'll spread that that little bit of risk. Yeah. Um, so I'm confident United defense. I'm playing three five two by the way. I'm playing three five two. I think. Okay. Oh, I'm playing three four three. Uh, I'll try. And, I haven't logged in, but I'll try and remember. I've gone for. Um, I've got three Liverpool players. I've got Firmino, Salah, and Trent. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, because Trent was quite cheap, uh, but he's going to start as any because Gomez is um, was injured. So I thought I'll, I'll go for Trent. Uh, Salah's I like a bit of an obvious one, really, and um, Firmino. Firmino is just. He's just good, isn't he? Good at football, and that he's really good at football. I've gone. For th- I've got uh, two Liverpool players. I've got Milner and Salah. Um, I've got Milner because the game's got him down as a defender, and he might he might oh, pop up with a little okay. bit of something. Yeah, that's clever. Uh, They're always smart, then. Yeah, so I've got him. There's loads of midfielders who are basically strikers, aren't they? Yeah, well, trust me, we're going to come <laughs> on to that in a minute. We're going to come on to that in a minute. Uh, and I've got I've got Milner. So my back three is I've got Otamendi as the I've sub. I've got Otamendi. In. I've got him as a sub. Off the base of the fact that if Milner doesn't start or something, then I've got a really strong replacement. You've got a half eleven change in you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've got um I've got Lascelles. I've gone for Lascelles. I've got him as well. Have you gone for Lascelles? Yeah. yeah. Huddersfield at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't argue with Huddersfield. Pops I ne- up with the odd goal. I nearly went for the Newcastle keeper, but I didn't need the money uh, in the end. And yeah, pops up with the odd goal. Uh, my five midfielders. Then I've gone with Salah. Uh, I already mentioned Big Kev De Bruyne, um, Duacore, Mkhitaryan, and Son. My only son thing is they've got Chelsea, haven't they? It'll be a bit, it'll be a tough game, but the, my thing, my thing is Kane's not going to play. Yeah, so they're going to need something from Someone's him. Someone's going to have to score. Um, yeah, okay, I've got my team up now. Go on. So I've got the game in goal. Yep. Wee. Um Probably shouldn't cheer him because Man United. Uh, Alexander Arnold, Lascelles, Otamendi, Salah, De Bruyne. I've got Rick Allison. Oh, you've done that one. Yeah. I, I, I underhard on that. Yeah. I've gone to Corey. Corey's on my bench, so he's me swap just in case something might happen if I can. I've got Raheem Sterling. Because I'm not sure what's going on with Aguero. And he was just dead good the other night. And then I've got Firmino, Lukaku and Vardy I went for. You've gone for Vardy? Yeah, because they've got, they've, got they've got quite a nice game, Leicester. They're away, but they're, they're, they're against someone who blew them in the set. I think it might be Brighton. They're, they're at Brighton, yeah, yeah. But I didn't go for them because of that. My, my th- I don't want to put you off, by the way, not least because we're in a competition. But my thing is Brighton keep it quite tight at home. There's one or two exceptions, like when we went there yeah. and battered them. But they keep it tight, Brighton. I just thought he looked really sharp the other night. I'm basically, I'm basically, I've watched the game of football, basically. <laughs> What's happened here is, I've watched the game of football that isn't a Liverpool one. And thought he's good, I'll pick him. I can't believe you picked Lingard three times. <laughs> I wanted to pick Lingard. I actually picked Lingard. And then I asked Josh, because Josh Sexton is the lad in our office who's who's most into the uh, the stats and that. Uh, there's rumours of relationships with Squawker, but I can't confirm or deny them. But um but he he's, he's I said, is he gonna play silly silly beggars here with Lingard? And and Josh said he might do, you know. So, so I've left him out. But I did want to pick basically all the lads I saw play well the other night. <laughs> Trying to pick people from the Dutch oh, league. It's phenom- yeah, I was going to say, absolutely phenomenal. John's got two lads from Serie A. Um, <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Uh, uh, so we, we benched Pope, uh, Tarkowski, Schindler and Decore, but the bench doesn't really matter, does it? Because it's one week only. One week only. It is one week only. And I've got, do you know, do you know who my wild card up front is? Go on. Carrillo. Okay, I was going to go for Slomani because apparently he's, he's, he's in this weekend and I think Rafa might just throw him in because... yeah. So no. No, I was I was tempted by having a little look at that, but I've gone with uh, I've gone with Carrillo off the basis that we're trying to win a competition here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So my my theory is someone unlikely, you know, someone who no one else will have who might yeah. just bang two against West Ham. Well, I've gone for for that reason. I've gone for Lukaku as my captain rather than Salah 
just because I think everyone's going to pick Salah. I've gone for Lukaku as well. Have you? Yeah, it's, it's psyched me out that. <laughs> no, there's, I reckon like 80% of people playing the game are going to go pick Salah as the captain. So I just thought, well, I'll mix that up slightly. Have so. you gone as your vice captain? Salah. Have but you? That's, only, that's only counts if Lukaku doesn't play, doesn't it? Uh, I think so. I think um, I think it's basically, it's, yeah, it's. I've gone for McTarion. Yeah, I was looking at McTarion because I think it feels like a nice game for him, this, doesn't it? And, feels and, like he's got a lot going on. Aubameyang's dear. But uh, McTarion's not too bad. And basically, if you expect the McTarion to be passing all the balls through to the Aubameyang again anyway, then I think that is the kind of smart option, really. Yeah, I might have a little McTarion think around... Just come, uh, just come and have a walk. Around Mikelot. Stare out across the Mersey. Yeah, if, if I can do a bit. Because I might be able to do a bit with me keeper, might we, and free up some dough. Yeah, I think maybe, that might do it for me. Maybe but then so. We, but then we would be very close to the same teams. We would indeed. Uh, and if you are listening to this, please don't do that. <laughs> um, thank you very much uh, to Reds Bet for putting the competition on. You can win £25,000. Uh, we'll partner up with them for the entirety of the year. Uh, it is redsbet.com. There's also a direct link to this game, so you haven't got to go through the rest of the site. If you don't want to, uh, the Anfield Rap will be tweeting that out at some point uh, after this show. Yeah, uh, and I didn't even see like a, an odd sword. I didn't see anything to do with Bet. And I was, if people aren't into it, I just, it, was, it was straight. Through. Straight through, straight straight through into this, uh, and to, and to, and to play this. Um, there will be Liverpool specials on this weekend. Uh, I might just give you a very very quick rundown of them. Um, is it worth mentioning the competition as well for the city tickets? That's still absolutely, open. Absolutely, it? yeah. It's worth mentioning that. There's something else worth mentioning as well, which I'll, I'll surprise you with. We're gone. Oh, okay, um, so we've got a competition with Red Spets again to win two tickets for the home leg, Liverpool v Man City. Uh, I'm still working on them for the away one, not least for me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but for the home leg, Liverpool v Man City. There's two tickets. The nice tickets as well, like um, you know. You get a, you know access to a lounge and all that, but main thing is you'll be in there to watch uh, the Reds hopefully do the business in the Champions League. So just got to go to our website for that, and there is a you know a ticket at the top type thing where you just need to click through and enter. Just need to give us your email address and make sure you're following both us and Reds better on Twitter. Uh, we'll only check that if if you win, so that'd be a rubbish way to lose out. Yep, uh, very very quickly uh, on there. There's the there's the Hodgson for England, which is he wears an England badge on his shirt. Uh, Selhurst first, any gold in the first ten minutes. Uh, shout out if you like the odds of any of these John uh, Golden Eagles Liverpool to win from behind uh, Park Life Liverpool to win exactly 3-0 that is uh, that's 11-1 to um, Life begins at 40 Mo Salah to score 4 or more is 40-1 uh, to one. Um, and then we go on from there Winter Palace Liverpool to win to nil your great weekend Liverpool win Everton fail to win and Man United fail to win 20 one to one, horrible weekend. We get beaten. The other, the other two bastards win. Is uh, that, that that's professional betting parlance? Ninety to one. Um, Ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, mean that's not bad. Well, oh, United have got Swansea at home. Whatever. So they've got City. And, and it's us, us versus Palace. No, I don't think us versus Palace 90. is straightforward as people think. We're going to talk 90. about that on the radio, but yeah. Uh, and then um, and so yeah, but you've got Ever- Everton beating City and Swan. Ever- Everton beating Swissy- City's in there. Okay. And, well, they might uh, put loads of weirdos out, mightn't they? They might actually play some of the uh, the, the, uh, the academy, hot, the hot academy products yeah, that, uh, yeah, that everyone talks about. Yeah, they might actually give one, one or two of them a game. Uh, I mean, that'd be exciting. And for it's them. half five, isn't it? So uh, the old lady will be rocking. I mean, the old lady will be rock. I don't know if they can rock anymore. To be honest with you, I think Allardyce would kick the rocking out of them. <laughs> they might sway. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know. I just don't think that they, they've got a rock in them anymore. These lads. You never know. Uh, you never know. You look. Um, next thing then is we just want to say as well with this fantasy game we're doing here for Red's Bet is that they're also going to be running another one from the next week. The weekend start with the Merseyside derby through until the end of the season, uh, wherein you'll be able to win some hospitality tickets um, and uh, credit in your account if you win on that one. That one's pretty interesting, and that is a dedicated league for the Anfield Rap. For anyone who does anything uh, who likes the Anfield Rap, you can enter into that one. We'll be talking about that next. Week. 
week though, because this week, get yourself on there, have a have a go and see if you can win the uh, win that share of twenty five thousand through the fantasy league. Uh, thank you very much to John and to Redbet for all of that. Welcome back. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Neil Atkinson. We're going to get back over and have a chat about Crystal Palace. But as Jay's in, I thought I'd keep him keep him hanging on for a bit to talk about what the Manchester City not selling out thing tells us. Now they haven't sold out so far, Jay. It's your view that they will. They will sell it all out. They're just at the minute trying not to put those tickets onto general sale. Yeah, you know, it's it's painfully obvious watching social media and reading forum. Liverpool fans, you know, have registered for citizen memberships. They're doing their best to try and get a ticket. Um, in any way they can, you know, they want to go and watch Liverpool in a, in a European uh, Cup quarter final, and City are aware of that. You know, they're not thick. I think that's one of the things we, we should look at on this. That you know, they they, they know what's going on, um, so they're doing their best to not sell them. And I think we've got to, you know, I, I think we, you know, Liverpool fans have just got to understand that we, you know, we would be saying the same if we knew Man City fans or Man United fans or whoever was trying to buy tickets for our end uh, in a game. If we were maybe, you know, not selling out as fast, uh, I think the wider thing this feeds into though is, you know. This idea that it's some kind of, you know, criticism of City that they can't sell out, you know, that, that seems to be pervading some people. I think it is a minor criticism though, Jay. I mean, what it tells you, there's there's three or four stories I want to go through each yeah. of them. The first one is, you know, we know, for instance, there's Liverpool supporters who are disenfranchised is too dramatic a word, but are really, really understandably angry because tickets that were available for previous rounds have been taken back off them. Yeah. But the demand to see Liverpool in general is so high that we have to therefore go through auto cup schemes and tons and yeah. tons of loyalty. That the stadium, our stadium is now, you know, it's a 50, 54,000 seater stadium. And yet you feel as though there's some games we could sell that out twice over. And yet you're looking at this situation with Manchester City and it is fair to say, well, you know, if this was us by now, this just gets boxed off. This is yeah. just absolutely sorted. They, they are two clubs in very, very different places in terms of the supporter base. That is fair to say. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're entirely fair, you know, point of view. You know, we have got lots of people who want to go. Not quite sure that gives us a badge of honour over City. You know, Man City might at the end of this season get to say, Premier League title winners, you know, lads, maybe even a, you know, maybe even a, you know, European Cup. We've won a few things, you know. Liverpool might get to say they won a European Cup, but, you know, we're not going to say, you know, City, if they were to say, you know, we've done a double this year, you know, lads, league, London League Cup as well, actually. So there'll be the treble league, cup league, Champions League, Liverpool go, we've done a double, you know, and everyone goes, what's your double? And they'll go, well, you know what we've done? We've done the European Cup and we've done the sold out all our games on, you know, lads. It'll be like Arsenal with the top four. I, you know, I think it's a point to make to fans of City who maybe, you know, go on about the size and it's an easy thing to try and wind people up. We all do this. We all like to get one over on them. I just think we're in the context of the wider discussions and this is where I come from on it. You know, I'm having these discussions with Liverpool about lowering prices, and the first thing Liverpool go to me is, "We don't." And the Premier League has said that we don't need to, you know, lads, because like everyone sells out in the Premier League, and, and we're Liverpool, and we've got well more people who want to come. So Liverpool's reason for ticket prices is supply and demand. Liverpool's reason for the way they sell their tickets is supply and demand. So we're criticising City for something that we probably actively don't like at Liverpool. This this is what I think it, it strikes at the core of this, and this is the other thing I think it tells us. We act, Jay. I think we makes it a bit grand, but I know I do it at times. Liverpool supporters in general act as though Liverpool's problems are football's problems. Mm that our problems are a, are a wider issue. So we'll talk about, for instance, access. Access of football matches is a nightmare. Access is, access for young people uh, to get in now to get football grounds across the whole of the country. Oh, it's a nightmare, it's a nightmare. And yet you're in a situation where there is, you know, not every Premier League ground sells out every no. game. Not every Premier League not every Premier League ground has got pe- stampedes of people trying to kick the door down. No. But we act as though 
really, and this is the main thing I take from this, we act as though, well, because we think X and because we experience X, everybody else is experiencing X. Whereas there's other, there's other sides, there's other clubs in the, in the Premier League who don't sell all the season tickets out, as an example. And we're talking about season ticket waiting lists and now we've got to address this problem. And I, that's where I think this does tell us something. What it, it's, a, it's a stark reminder, I think, for Liverpool supporters that our problems are not everybody's problems. Liverpool's problems are actually unique to Liverpool. Yeah, they are. Uh, well, I will, unique to us and a couple of other clubs, yeah. I'd probably say. But, you know... How much would we, you know, because I know like I've got a season ticket. You know, I tick the ACS for the cup games. Uh, you know, all three competitions this season. There are some in the league cup where I think to myself, I'd probably rather avoid that. Or because then work gets up. You know, Seville. I couldn't do Seville at home in the um, in the group stage because I had work. Now I probably would have liked to have gone to that match. I wouldn't have liked what I had to do where I just give me to, you know, I don't mind doing it, but I give me ticket to my dad. Well, that was 40 quid that I probably would have preferred in my back pocket. Um, I would like a situation sometimes where I can think to myself, you know what, I'm just going to rock up to this game. I don't need to buy me ticket four weeks in advance. I can maybe just turn up on a day. I can maybe say, you know what, I've got a ticket, but my lad wants to come or my mate wants to come. I'll pass my ticket on to someone and we'll just go and buy two tickets on the day or we'll go and buy two tickets three days before and we'll decide to go together. You know, I'd, I'd like us to be able to do that. And City fans, by and large, have got that. They probably don't realise they've got it so good. And there's some of the things we want. And I just don't, I just don't see the some points scoring from something. Now, I suppose when I say this as well, I'll, I'll caveat some of my you know, sort of points on this. Some of it comes from people who are genuinely just trying to wind people up and stuff like that. And that's fine. One of my things comes from people is though. The, the thing where it really winds me up is the people who are genuinely actively trying to say, aren't we great? Aren't we a big club because we can sell out? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not really doing us much favours because Man City are boss, you know. And I don't think their fans are thinking, you know what, there was 10,000 empty seats there the other night. Oh, it might cost us four points that. It's not. Man City are boss. They're going to win things still. So their fans are fine with that. And I think we should be in a point where, you know, I want Liverpool to have a ground that's too big for some games. I do. And now some people will say, well, that doesn't make economic sense and all this stuff. That's not what football is, first and foremost, to me. Now, I think Liverpool should build a stadium that, say, is 70,000. I think that's what Liverpool should look to go to. Now, Liverpool gets... i go higher. Well I, well, I probably would as well, but I think I think 70 is the number where you can accommodate most people. Now, when you get Fulham at home, you know, in the League Cup on a Wednesday night, it might not sell out and there might be 40,000 people there. But we'll still make enough of a racket. Because let's be honest, we're 54,000 in there now with Fulham at home in the League Cup. It's not exactly loud. It's not exactly, you know, the cold, you know, a colder than that some people might imagine. So let's not kid ourselves. But then when, when it is Man City in the quarterfinals, there's 70,000 in there. Hopefully there's not that many who are disappointed and there is a proper racket. 70,000 can go for Man United. And you know what you get to do then at Fulham is you get to say to some kids, well, you know what, you can stand up pay quit. Because we're open anyway. You know, we're playing a game of football and 40,000 people are bought it. You know, we're going to do kid, kids kids ticket for the quid. And you make it that bit more accessible so that, because this is one of my issues about accessibility. It isn't getting a kid in for a game. It's letting a kid come in for a game and being able to come somewhat regularly. So my experience as a, as a teenager coming to the match was I couldn't get league, league tickets. It just wasn't necessarily through, you know, how difficult it was. Cost, the process of buying them and stuff like that wasn't, you know, suitable. My, my lifestyle and, you know, my parents and stuff like that wasn't a place in which I could say to them, let's go regularly. But I knew I had to go to the cup games. So I knew, by and large, because the way Liverpool sold tickets and it was not in high demand, I could get, or I, so I got all of the treble winning season, every cup game at home. You know, Istanbul, the same, every cup competition, every cup competition, Istanbul, that was my ticket to, to go to Istanbul. I didn't go regularly to every league game that season. But I knew there was a way I could somewhat go regularly. Now imagine saying to a kid, go ahead, yeah, you know what, you can come to Porto, hasn't sold out, hasn't sold out because we won 5-0 in the first leg, so no one's really bothered. But no, mate, you can't come to Man City. 
you've got no chance of coming and that's to why the, that's why the people and that's, been to, that's why the people some people who've been to those three group group games plus Hoffenheim plus Porto and now understandably and it is for right, circumstances outside outside the club's control and we've got to acknowledge that you know, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they could have anticipated this situation but the alternative can't be don't sell those tickets that's no. mad but you, th- that's why people can be rightly sort of going well hang on I've built this loyalty up I've come right the way along on this journey I've had this regularity you're just taking it off me yeah I know and that's, and that's rightly where they can be frustrated with tickets and I think this is where we've got to be more nuanced in articulate arguments and discussions about these things instead of just saying, well, you know, we because what we can't do is we can't go into Liverpool and say to Liverpool, like, you know, there's an issue here about our prices and supply and demand, and then on the other hand, be going to Man City and saying, ah, you can't even sell out because that just makes us hypocrites. That that that'd be my first thing to Liverpool say, well, isn't it great that we sell out? Because everyone keeps saying how bad it is that Man City don't or Everton don't. So we sell out, and you can't criticize us for that now. So, you know, I think we've got to understand what are actually the real issues. You know, and I think, you know, cities will be. They haven't got the global fan base we've got built up over time. You know, Liverpool didn't suddenly just become this big hotspot, you know, for, for people wanting to come to watch matches, you know, in the last, you know, last year. The last five years. I think it's increased in the last, you know, five to ten years because of the advent of travel, but it hasn't just happened. You know, this is because of decades of success. And if Man City, like Man United, if Liverpool have, de- if Man City going to have a decade of success, now I'm telling you now, they ground in a year's time, two years' time, three years' time, we'll be selling out week in, week out, because people will want to go and watch them because kids and others will start supporting them and not Man United. People from elsewhere will start supporting them and not Man United or Liverpool or Chelsea. They will go and do that. They will will turn up. Uh, Thank you very much to Jay McKenna. Uh, Let's get back and chat to everybody else about Crystal Palace. Great to speak to Jay. Uh, This now is Aerosmith, but I don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, Back with John Gibbons, Andy Heaton and Craig Hannon. And Craig first, I... Palace are getting themselves back to full fitness. And I think this is a game for Liverpool to be a little bit worried about. They've got a number of the players back. Sacco's back in at centre-back next to Tompkins. They've played well together all the way through the season. I think Loftus-Cheek can expect to be in the match day squad. He played well at Anfield. Uh, Zaha's back and he's now got some match match minutes under his belt, for want of a better phrase. This is a Palace side with with a mid-table squad that finds itself at the bottom of the table. Are you worried? Uh, the only thing that worries me is the, the 12.30 kickoff, and I think that's a little bit irrational. I know Jurgen Klopp doesn't like the 12.30 kickoffs either, but I, they're just, I still think it's a, it's, a, it's a poor side playing for a poor manager. Um, you know, they're, they're two or three points ahead of the relegation zone, and they might have some decent players. They like Asako. Um, Zaha's the one that maybe worries me a little bit, but in terms of the, if I look down their, their, their squad or their team sheet on Saturday, you know, there's no one really that strikes the, the fear into me uh, and there shouldn't be for, for the Liver- this Liverpool side, um, especially the way they played uh, in the last game against Watford, I think. Uh, with the week coming up, uh, the fans and, and the players should be bouncing into this game excited and, and you know, just put them away early um, and and have a nice, easy Saturday ahead of, uh, ahead of City. A nice, easy Saturday ahead of City. I'm not seeing an easy Saturday ahead of City here, John. I am... I mean, look, it's got a potential to be tough, and I think it depends. A lot of it depends on how well Liverpool play. I think, I think Palace, even when they were struggling, they were able to, you know, you do a team you'd associate with making things difficult for the big boys. You know, it's a, it's 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 a good atmosphere there. They they get in amongst it, and and they'll they'll be looking forward to this game. I think in terms of in terms of 
you know, the, the fans and even the players, you know, Sacco want to play well against Liverpool. And as you say, they've got a kind of a few back who'll be, who'll have been frustrated watching Palace struggle and, and will be wanting to get out the, on the pitch and, and help the team more. So I think Palace will be up for it and I think they'll be confident, but this Liverpool team's just better one to 11. And so that's what they need to, to go out and prove. And, what also this Liverpool team's been been really good away from home this season against against the bottom ten and and the the, the Swansea debacle aside and it kind of was that really they've been really good at going to places where you thought oh this might be a tough one and then and then not just winning but winning handsomely and I think we have got the capabilities of doing that as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if they won the last time out in the Palace, but um, they've had some uh, players coming back from injury. But interestingly enough, another thing I noticed there: uh, Twitter, uh, the Palace fans have upped the Twitter game with the training photos. Zaha has not been uh, not been seen in any of the Twitter trainers. So the talk of the Twitter is that Zaha is out, injured for the game, which was my major worry for him. But yeah, I think John's right. That, that aside, one thing we have done this year is put teams to bed that we should be putting teams to bed in a. It's, we've found a, a different way to play against those sides. It's kind of more of a, a controlled aggression and a little bit, a little bit more patience. Really, I think we, we've we've kind of evolved as the season's gone on. But again, you can't be complacent. There's so much riding on this. I mean, we were talking earlier about the points. I mean, you just got to think about. Get get this one out of the way. Solidify your top four spots. Get in the third, and then worry about City after. And look, I know, I know the that won't the player the players won't be worried about that. All you ever hear from players. I was focusing on the next game, focusing on the next game. But you've got to live that as well as just say it. It's yeah. a good soundbite. Yeah, I've got to live it as well as just say it. The other thing, John, is when some of the things that are said and then ever so slightly lived. One of the things that concerns me about the game is is, is the half twelve aspect. It's quite clear the manager does not like playing at half twelve. Like he sort of disagrees with it almost on a, you know, almost on a moral level. Uh, it seems, and yet, you know, he's, firstly he's got to do it. But our record at half twelve isn't terrific. You know, it isn't tremendous with early kickoffs in general. You, you do wonder whether or not maybe that's some of his grumpiness rubbing off on them, or am I just looking for a correlation where, sorry, a causation where there's just a tiny bit of correlation I there? I think stuff could get in your head, and I think it can, and I think they'll know that the record isn't the best, although I think last time they won at half 12. Oh, no, there's the Manchester United game, they got beat. And so I think, I think um, you know, the, the record generally isn't isn't that good at half 12, and they'll be aware of that. And then that starts to get into your head as a football team, really. You know, you might... It might be oh, oh we don't get we don't play very well there or we don't play very well in this kit or whatever. And I think I think for half twelve it might be the manager is very open about it. Yeah, he, he says it's playing at breakfast. He calls it utterly and so. But the next couple of games, the league games are then now, so they, they kind of need to get used to it. Really, I mean, look, they'll stay down there and you know that'll help in terms of you know the. the there won't be kind of much travelling on the on the day really. I mean, probably less than a home game. It'll be. Get up, you know, as 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 Wayne Rooney once tweeted, it's no funny in past at eight AM, but it's yeah. it's 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 the same for both sides and you've kinda of like just gotta get on with it really. And I think look now the players know what they want to do and I think they're gonna be so focused on on this part of the season, so focused on on what they need to do. And it is a bit of extra rest time between now and Wednesday as well to kind of, you know, put a put a slightly positive spin on it. You know, City play you play half five. Half five. So, you know, you might think the five hours kind of isn't too much, but, you know, it's it's allowing them the full rest of the day to kind of ice get ice bathed or whatever it is they want to do and kind of get back to Liverpool and, and make sure they're kind of doing their own beds. And so there's, 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 there's that kind of positive to it as well. So I, I don't see it being a factor at this point of the season. Just uh, wear that lovely orange kit. 
of ours yeah, to do we've well got on a that. really good can, record. Can we get, can we get away against Orange against Palace? Do you think? Yeah, I think we could. I, I, think so, play, yeah. we can't, I think we'll be able to play in red. Well, certainly not. Yeah, no. we will be playing the white and green one. We might play the white Probably. and green one, but I, I'd go with the orange one. On the half 12 kickoff, I can attest it is quite grueling, especially for the fans. I mean, you've got all day that you know you'd have a drink before the game, you come up, it's half 12. I don't know what's going on. I think I had a bottle of wine by the time we were halfway through the Man United games tonight. I mean, that was your own choice, and that was, yeah. that was, a, that was a, it was a, it was a, as, as Wayne Rooney once almost tweeted, it's hard work drinking white, drinking a bottle of red wine at 8 a.m. in the morning. Uh, Andy, what sort of Liverpool side do you expect himself to select given everything that's gone on? Uh, I think Trap, well, because Gomez, Trent by necessity. Um, you don't think you might have a look at Klein? Because if he plays Trent, he's, got to, he's, play, he's going Trent, Trent, and then he's got a big Everton decision to make for Nathaniel Klein who hasn't, played, who hasn't kicked the ball. Uh, I think he's, he'll want to try and pick the side most likely to start against City just for the rhythm and then look at Everton to make changes okay. as, as and when. So, that, so basically, yeah, it's team, but Trent's at right back. I'd maybe go with Lovren, with Van Dijk uh, again. Uh, I just hope that they can deal with Ben Teche because uh, I hope Lovren has one of those games as opposed to one of those games. Uh, Robertson left back, same midfield, same forward line. Same midfield, same forward yeah. line. So no Henderson. No, no. Oh, you threw a spanner in. No, no. I keep it the same. I keep it the same. Okay. I can't even remember what the same is. I'm, 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 sorry, I'm going to check that in a minute, Craig. Who are you? <laughs> I, I really wish Andy had named footballers. <laughs> to be honest with you, rather than just going same again. Um, I think Henderson might actually got back called... in against Watford. I'm, I'm going to double check that now. I'm yeah. not going to remember every team off the top of my head. Uh, go on, go on, Craig. Sorry, are we, are we <laughs> no, um, I, I. Do you know what? I, I'm. It, I, I reckon it depends on how Klein's looked in training. I know he's got he's had a couple of under twenty three games um, under his belt, but like if he isn't looking too rusty, I think maybe this is the chance. You've to got play fast him. lads wide though, haven't they? You're, you're Wilf Zaha. You're looking at a lad who's not played for the best part of a year. Rubbing no, your but Zaha's hands. been injured as well, hasn't he? No, not as long. And apparently he's out. Uh, same again. Same again. Would be when Aldam Henderson Chan. Yeah, right. well, three. Shake. I think that's definitely the midfield. Um, Stop. Not definitely the midfield. <laughs> I reckon. No, for me. For, for me, you, I mean, yeah. Okay. That's definitely my midfield. Uh, and I think then, you'll play Milner. And then the front three. I think you'll play the Ox. There we are, you see. So definitely not. No, de- I mean, definitely me. You. <laughs> so you and, you and Andy are both definitely the same team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, the, with, with that defence. Uh, do you not think you might go massive pedal over him? Craig first. Uh, I don't know, but I would rather it be Lovren. I would rather it be Lovren. I'd rather him just uh, stick with Lovren and Matt. Okay, John. I worry about Dykes, I worry about Lovren against Man City just because he's he's it's a bit of a wild card, isn't he? You might have to he do he dares wins it a little bit against Man City because they're they're, they're a better side than us. But I, I worry a little bit about him. Um, so I think what I'm saying is that whoever would start on Wednesday would start at the weekend. Um, at centre half at least and I think I'd be I'd be tempted to uh, go with Joe Matip go with Joe Matip um, you're doing the Ox yeah I'm picking Ox yeah with Chan and um, Henderson Ox, Chan, Henderson yeah and the same front three obviously you're not going to do anything anything clever <laughs> them lads them lads those lads the lads the lads that are good at the football uh, listen thank you very much indeed to Jay McKenna for coming in earlier today uh, I'm going to get predictions off all these in a second but thank you very much for Jay for coming in earlier today hope you enjoyed that uh, and uh, thank you very much to Andy to, to Gareth not to Gareth to Craig and to John we I'm miss gonna, Gareth though we miss Gareth we do miss him it's been a long week without him what, what are your predictions then to close it John I think 3-1 done after 65 and then everyone just kind of runs around a bit Craig I've been getting them right on the team talk show pretty much every week. I called 5 0 a couple of weeks ago, so I'm just going to go 3 0 again. 3 0, Andy? Eight clean sheets and 12 after this one, Bob, for me. 2 0, Liverpool. 2 0, the Reds. Uh, I'm going 3 2. Thank you very much to everybody. Ooh. That is the Anfield wrap. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.